You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? First half we, in. I, I, the am, I am sweaty, books. Sam. How are you doing? I'm sweaty. Oh, well, um, I too am am sweaty. Uh, but for once, I'm not sweating because there are Orioles relief pitchers in a baseball game. I'm just, <laughs> just sweating because just sweet, it's hot. Straight weather related, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're coming to us uh, from from a, a a house with a leaky ceiling, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and about 117% humidity. So every place that's not actively leaking is just sort of like coalescing around me. It's like I'm... I'm broadcasting through a nice minestrone. <laughs> would you um, would you say that your your strategy there is to let more moisture in through the ceiling to see if it'll scare off some of the moisture mm-hmm. that's already mm-hmm. in in the home? Okay. Yeah, like you know, that. if you have like a lot that. of moisture dripping from the ceiling, it keeps the condensation from forming as quickly because it has something to run off of. Yes, yes. Uh, mo- moisture and condensation notoriously skittish. Natural. That's right. That's natural, right. Easy, uh, easy to rattle. Uh, apparently, yes. like the uh, twins starter, John Gray. Hello. There's no, what's a his good name? segue. John. What's his, what was his name? I, he, 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 he didn't last very long. <laughs> he didn't. Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan. He, he struck out the first 17 batters he faced and then gave up all of the runs. <laughs> Yeah, I that it was this was an in tr- today's game which uh if you don't know what we're talking about is the game that the Orioles uh appear to be as we're recording this it's actually not oh no it just ended. Okay, the Orioles win 15 to 2 over the Minnesota Twins and we're into the All-Star break. 19 games over 500 um and and only two games back from your Tampa Bay Rays. Um, heading into the All-Star break. Tampa Bay hitting their first real wobble of the season. Yeah, uh, and a, a well-timed five-game winning streak for us um, because we were, uh, as we talked about on our last broadcast, in the midst of our uh, our annual June swoon, um, which uh, we appear to have made our way out of at least for the moment, but so we seem to be we seem to be starting here our, our our recap of the first half episode. We seem to be starting granular, and maybe we can zoom out. Um, mm. But uh, it was very exciting. I, let's 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 take a let's take another second on today, the day that just was uh, in Orioles baseball, because not only did the Orioles score fifteen runs to finally have uh, a couple of games that feel uh, not only like wins, but those wins where it just felt relaxed all the way through, um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or or not all the way through, but after a certain point, it no longer felt like um, we were in danger of blowing it. There was no tight mm-hmm. game. The Orioles didn't let anybody back in. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, also, we are undefeated since the um, uh, promotion of, of our, our boy Colton. Um, I'm sorry, I, I don't actually acknowledge Colton as his name. I would prefer uh, Jolton Colton. As, Jolton Colton. Uh, 
Uh, Since Jolton Colton joined the club, and it doesn't even appear that he needs to start games, he just needs to be there. uh, The Baltimore Orioles are (laughs) five and zero, and um, have been hitting the absolute tar off of the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting for me to reflect on that and our previous discussions um, about uh, whether or not you trade some of these bats or whether or not you promote them. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of call for maybe moving, probably more people were calling for moving Westberg than they were for moving Colton, but... Um, Jolton, moving Colton, please. Jolton, J- <laughs> more people were calling for the move, <laughs> moving Westberg than to move JC. Um, but JC, uh, you know, both of their arrivals, they they have just gotten to work, man. They are... They are they are more than cromulent major league hitters. Yeah, and I'll add I'll add one more thing to that, Smith. It was announced today that Jackson Holiday has been promoted mm-hmm. to Double A, which means to to, uh, to make to to replace um, Mayo, who got promoted to Triple A, where yeah. Kirchstad is hitting the holy. But it's it's just like every level um, of prospect yes. is on fire right now. Yes, and where do you put them, Sam? Ryan Mountcastle returned to the team today, and we don't at the moment have a good spot for Ryan Mountcastle to play baseball. It, like, well, it's okay. not actually you say that you say that, but you're the one who turned me on to the notion that actually <laughs> we do. We just need to combine all of our subpar Ryans into one Mecca Ryan. Uh, which would only take up one <laughs> roster spot if they managed to join together to, um, you know, uh, Power Rangers style. Um, yes. Uh, McKenna's bat, uh, O'Hearn's, um, sorry, McKenna's glove, O'Hearn's bat against right hand fielders, um, and Mountcastle's first base fielding and left, uh, 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 left-handed batter. I just totally flubbed that. But the moral of the story no, is... We see where you're going. Three three Ryans in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, that's one Ryan. roster spot, as far as I understand yes. it. That's uh, totally One Ryan to rule them all. Yes, a mecha Ryan to... to uh, and then and then benefit is, uh, if like we ever lose a game, they can just rampage through the downtown of whatever um, <laughs> <laughs> sports city we're in, knocking down yes. buildings and stomping on cars. Yes, getting into uh, getting into R-rated movies um, without uh, without tipping <laughs> off the ticket salesman that they are actually sixteen years old. <laughs> so uh, the moral of all that, to me, is um, shocking how much a difference the the week makes because it really did feel yeah. about about eight days ago that we were in that June swoon that you were just re- referencing, um, that the bats had all gone cold. The pitchers were actually doing fairly good work, but you can't win if you only put up one run. And yeah. uh, and it felt like maybe we were, for a moment, being exposed um, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. not quite ready for the, for the push for the playoffs. Um, yeah, a five-game winning streak will really change all those feelings right right around. Yes, yes, it certainly will. And we should say that this is not a five-game winning streak against 
you know, going nowhere teams. I mean, the Twins are not exactly world beaters, but they are a competitive team. They're um, a half game out Yankees, of first in their sad, sad division. Yes, and the Yankees are always terrifying, even if they're not the Yankees of yesteryear right now, and they don't have Judge. It, it's always a big deal to split a series with the Yankees. Um, my thing, Smith, is, you know, for a while now, one of my favorite rituals uh, every Monday or Tuesday, whenever they publish it, is to read the power rankings that The Athletic publishes. And pretty consistently, they've had the Orioles as the fourth or fifth best team in baseball and i have had a, a, a basically a, a surefire playoff team um with you know some questions about what exactly their ceiling is um and i think you know a lot of the coverage of the orioles has borne out what we said early in our relaunch of the podcast which is that it's a high floor team um that even if you know, there are some weaknesses or, or some things that could be improved upon. This is not a team that is going to totally fold in the way under pressure in the way that previous teams have. And I think we've seen that even, you know, our June swoon we, was still, you know, we, I think we went 14 and 12 in June. That's hardly a swoon. Um, but I still look at the, those power rankings every week and I think to myself, are the Orioles really the fourth or fifth best team in baseball, even if they are technically by one loss record. What, it, what is this team and what does it need to feel a little bit more like a lock to weather periods of play like what happened in June? Um, and, you know, I think it's really interesting, like everything you were just saying, at this point, with the exception of Kerstad, we have called up all the young guns. They're all here. They're all starting. They're all playing well. We have gotten to the point where, you know, our, our hobby horse is always like, who pitching, who pitching, who pitching? But the fact is, Kramer, Bradish, Gibson. Wells. Wells have all been solid to excellent all season long. It's, the, it's been that Irvin Rodriguez spot where we have had some adventures, but even playoff teams have one slot in the rotation where, you know, you have to hope for a little help from upstairs <laughs> on a weekly basis. Um, and obviously, I think we would still like to see something happen at the deadline to maybe address that, even though Grayson Rodriguez was just named... I think minor league pitcher of the month in for June and like his last start like struck out twelve and didn't walk anybody or something. Um, yep. Yep. And uh, and his whiff rate was um, way back up there in the like truly elite. Like yes. not only was he striking people out, but he wasn't he wasn't even getting um, like two foul balls and a strikeout. He was just like mm-hmm. no one knew mm-hmm. what he was. No one knew where the ball was going to be. Yes, yes. So I look at that. I look at the fact that Irvin seems to have found his groove again. I look at the fact that Rodriguez mm. is pitching his he way back start. towards. He had two, two, two. Okay. A very okay. palpable two. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay, okay, I'll give him two. Two's a trend, Smith. Two is a trend. All right, all right. <laughs> but, I, you know, I look at the fact that- He needs to throw a few less pitches. He's, he's, his pitch count's getting yes. way up there, but- Yes, yes. But, you know, I look at that, I look at the fact that Rodriguez is pitching his way back towards consideration for that spot, and I look at the fact that by the time the All-Star break is over, it will be halfway through July, and John Means, by all accounts, comes back in August. So, while I would still like us to trade for a really, really good starting pitcher, I start to, I start to wonder... You let's know, just is get, that still let's just something? get two more bullpen arms and do this thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that is that do we really still want to trade away from this like embarrass frankly embarrassing amount of prospect depth that we have to to rent somebody for for the last three months? I don't know. I mean, recency bias is a hell of a drug. Uh, so I'm trying very hard to answer that question. Yes. Not and I am thinking stoned out of my face on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm trying very hard not to answer that question um, entirely based on the six home runs that we just hit off of uh, Twins, you know, yes. third and fourth and fifth best relievers. Um, and we'll continue but, to hit in every game for the rest of the season. Go on. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, but I, I, I do, I do think that when you i think that the, the the really interesting question facing Orioles management right now isn't so much um who do you trade for but it's who do you drop for all of these young guns is it mm. have we have we finally like has the Mateo experiment finally run its course do you just start giving those you know, shortstop starts to gunner and cut bait there. Is Adam Frazier now entirely expendable if Westberg continues to, you know, be who he is? Do you try to trade someone like Urias, uh, who is, you know, a very useful player, but probably actually, you know, taking away mm-hmm. games from some of these young guys? Or is that not a move that you do if you're trying to go to the World Series this year? Um, I am not allowed to say the name of the um, pitcher whose name rhymes with beans, who will be rejoining us hopefully in August, because the last two times I've mentioned him, he's had (laughs) setbacks in his um, recovery within 24 hours. But Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know... Last time we saw old Beans, he was a he was a very good pitcher, um, and you know. And, and he, listen, he, listen, Baltimoreans, I don't want anybody to be confused here as Alan is talking about this when he says Beans. We're not talking, <laughs> not talking about, about Bud, Bud Norris. Norris. Norris in this I, case. I know that's what you thought. I thought it too at first. You can be forgiven for being confused. Right. We're not uh, tweens. Uh, I'll, I'll rhyme. <laughs> I'll rhyme his name elsewhere. <laughs> Uh, when, he could when, be beans too. He could be beans when, too. When when our tween gets better and rejoins the roster. All right. Uh, now I'm really confused. <laughs> um I, I think I think that we I think that the that the the number one takeaway for me, um, both in the swoon that just was and um in the five game, you know, in the last uh, we'll call it like three weeks, as you close in on the trade deadline. Um, is that the the number one need for me are one to two more bullpen arms 
that mm. take up the space that the vacuum formed by Hall and Givens is sort of lasting injuries and yeah. the kind of regression of Aiken and uh, a couple other guys who were really good for us last year. Um, yep. Uh, Perez. It seems Perez, to me like Baker. those those two, like two arms in that space that sort of solidifies the bullpen um, means, as we keep on talking about, that we're not overexposing those guys who are, you know, good pitchers but are getting used too much and in the wrong situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't know. I, I, I am feeling at the moment very positive about our starting pitching. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I think that, you know, we have five starting pitchers with two more who could be putting pressure on those five by mid-August. Yeah. I mean, when I look at well, I mean, also how much do you give up? Like, right. You know, if, if we could, if we could, if we could, if we could rent Otani, do it. Great. Let's go win the world series. Fantastic. But aside from that, like, I don't know who else moves my needle all that much. Yeah, that that I have the exact same question is who is available as a starting pitcher who is going to not cost a prospect prize that like our our player development pipeline. I'm scared to say this out loud. Seems like it's working. for once. <laughs> <laughs> so if we have the ability right now to develop these excellent young baseball players and then put them on the major league team. That seems like it's working better than it has in recent memory, you know, for you or I. And if the, so like, why would we blow that all up to rent somebody like, you know, trade away the next crop of guys who are going to come up and be as exciting as Rutschman and Henderson and Westberg and Kowser have been why would we do that to rent somebody who we're probably not even going to be able to retain, especially when, here's the other thing, Smith. The thing we have to start thinking about, too, is if we want the good times to, to stay so good here, the other thing that there's going to be a big push for in the offseason is an extension for Adley Rutschman. Um, How has that not happened already? God damn it. It's a... It's an excellent question, but th- there's a related question, which is how do we not have a new lease for Oriole Park at Camden Yards yet? Why hasn't mm. that happened? What yeah. is going on with that whole situation? And yeah, I, I think I think that that's actually like if I do the if I do the full zoom out to mm-hmm. uh, the the what are we eighty some games into the season the the, yeah. the season in review, my thoughts would be like, man, what a fun team. Man, what a bright future. How, and we know it's going to happen, how are the Angelosas going to fuck this up? <laughs> like, is it is yeah. it they're going to, uh, you know, decide that uh, Kyle Stowers gets the big contract before anybody else? Is it that <laughs> they are uh, somehow going to, like, continue to fuck up this lease discussion so that we can't make any more changes to the ballpark? Is it mm-hmm. that they're secretly going to move us to Nashville? Um, mm-hmm. Like, what? How, you know the Angeloses are undefeated. They are like Father <laughs> Time. They're coming. How are they going to fuck this up? 
<laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> I'm just imagining the headline like Orioles Orioles sign Kyle Stowers to nine year, hundred and sixty million dollar contract. It's just a series of pictures of Adley being like What? <laughs> what? Right. Right. And uh and then um Andrew Friedman of the Los Angeles Dodgers like actually salivating. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about this team, Sam. This is a this is a a, a Baltimore Orioles team that has four All Stars, and mm-hmm. not a one of them did you feel like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like four right. All Stars, that yeah, that's you know, of those four All Stars, I would even say that I don't expect. Like I think that all of them are playing up to their potential. Maybe mm-hmm. with Cano mm-hmm. as the exception, he might be he might be the one who is like, you know, riding a hot streak that is mm-hmm. uh, that we will look back on as unsustainable. But yep. it seems to me that Rushman, Hayes, and uh, Bautista are legitimate fucking <laughs> play, baseball players yeah. who and are just you good have, at baseball. And you could have made a very compelling All Star case for Santander too. I think or Tyler Wells. Or Tyler Wells, or for sure Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells is whip, legitimately whip one of the leader. best starters. In baseball right now. Just got to like, keep a couple more balls in the park, Tyler. Just a does, couple more home runs in the park. Home runs. Honestly, at, at, you know, just going back to the idea of high floor team, I was thinking today when Gibson gave up that, you know, when there, w- there was that, like, the only vaguely terrifying moment in the 15-2 to two victory today was the first inning where, the like, first two batters. Gibson <laughs> threw, like, six straight out of the zone and you know the twins were up one nothing and it was like oh god here we go the regression continues um and then <laughs> that's not what happened but um i Would was you thinking be like shocked yeah. no finish the thought finish the thought well i was just thinking like the one thing you know that that seems to be chronic with this team is like turbulence in the first inning that's that's like mm-hmm. the one thing we need to solve and we need to solve that for sure um, cause you can't play from behind forever, but is, you know, is like leveraging the entire farm system to sign one short-term rental starting pitcher going to do that? Like, no, I still think we need to look closely at your concept of, um, throwing Batista and or Cano in the first inning of, of, um, Listen, Grayson Rodriguez starts. I think, I think you were onto something there. <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible idea. I don't think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> like <laughs> that he just, that it just has to go eight. <laughs> yes, Bautista is automatic in mm-hmm. like at the moment. God, he at really least. is, man. He's like I. I guess I guess I felt. I remember Zach Britton. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go too recency bias on you and say that this is the most secure I've felt in a in a ninth inning. Because there are moments when there's like there's always the first two pitches for Bautista where it's like, is this yeah. is, does he have does he have the command today or is he gonna like mm-hmm. hit the Durham Bowl? But <laughs> like outside of that, it feels so secure. It's crazy. I think like I think he the throws difference the ball so hard. It's insane. It doesn't seem it's insane. fair. It doesn't seem I think fair. The, I think the reason it feels different than the Britain season is because as incredible as Britain was that season, he wasn't striking out 18 guys per nine innings. Right. And like Bautista, Bautista's, Bautista's strikeout rate is like, would maybe be a record yeah. <laughs> for over a full season. Like it I, is nobody ridiculous. strikes out 18 per nine. Like that's absurd. 
such a whiff rate. Um, yeah. So did you know, Sam, that this is officially uh, the best, the second best um, record for an Orioles team heading into the All-Star break? I Behind heard that on... 1997. Yes, I heard that on the on the broadcast today, and uh, I was very excited to hear that. And then I was I was trying to cast my mind back to the 1997 team, um, and to try to think like, you know, what how, how would I situate this team in relationship with the '97 team? And one of the things I was the thoughts I was excited to have in that vein, honestly is the 1997 team was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But it had a lot of Rafael Palmero energy, a lot of Roberto Alomar energy, a lot of Jimmy Key energy, a lot of Randy Myers energy, sort of like like old guys in, at the last, in the last blush of their powers who had been brought in for one purpose and one purpose alone, which was to like put this team over the top. And it did put the team over the top, even though ultimately it didn't work out the way we wanted Hirschbeck incident, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what's exciting to me about this year's team is that it is so much, not that like other than Gibson, honestly, um, it's all maybe Ryan O'Hearn and O'Hearn. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's it. It's home everybody grown. else is like everybody else is like on their parabola upwards. Yeah. Yeah, and not only are they homegrown, they are the product of the the sell-off uh, like Bradish and Dean Kramer. Like I think it's really important to remember that those guys are products of the great the great surrender of 2018. Um mm-hmm. like as mm-hmm. painful as that moment was, it planted the seeds of this moment now. And we, like, it's really important for us to remember that. I think it's really, I mean, you know, I, um, I'm trying to put together like what made me become a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Mm-hmm. And then what was so painful about the last couple of years of being a Tottenham Hotspur fan. And like, it's really fascinating to think about that in light of that comparison, because it was like 2017, 2018 when I started becoming a big fan and they were led by a homegrown hero. They were young. They were punching above their weight. They had a bunch of sort of like gems that were discovered from uh, the middle of nowhere and they were all kind of coalescing in something amazing. And the last couple of years has been like, um, in this case, it's sort of like bringing in overpriced, overhyped managers to be the difference maker, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess, a little Mm -hmm. different than Rafael Palmero, but like, um, Mm -hmm. it it sort of felt like, you know, there, there's this sort of depressing, um, um, mercenary comes in to get you over the top thing that is much Mm -hmm. less fun to watch. And yeah, the, this, this Orioles team and this half of a season of baseball is up there with the most exciting and enjoyable, um, times I've had as a baseball fan. Uh, And I think a lot of that has to do with that feeling of like, you know, I don't want to trade away our prospects. I I, I want to see them succeed here. I want to see them come up and do exactly what Westberg is doing. And like getting hit by a pitch with the bases loaded for his first career game-winning RBI. Like, that's just fun. (laughs) 
it's it's so fun and it's also like I have been thinking about, you know, we have talked before about wanting to be a Braves-like organization. Mm. Um, and the the way the Braves have been so proactive about locking up young talent. Look at the implications of that. Like, the Braves as an illustration of that philosophy. Yes, I know they have some guys on that roster who came in through trade and are just devastatingly talented. Uh, your Sean Murphy's and your uh, Matt Olson's, for example. But... All those other guys who are homegrown, who are, like, the Braves are terrifying. They yeah. are terrifyingly good. And all of those guys are several years before their prime. Like, but Acuna you look at the Braves, you isn't look at the even Braves as good roster, as he's going to be. Yeah, you look at the Braves roster, and maybe they're the only answer to this question. But mm -hmm. from the perspective of the fielders and batters... Is there another organization outside of Atlanta that you'd rather be right now than Baltimore? I don't think that there is. Like that is I, there's a, great a lot question. of there's a lot of young talent on, um, you know, like I think Tampa is, you know, top to bottom a very talented organization, and they have a good farm system, and they continue to find good prospects, and they etc. Um, I think that like. <laughs> Cincinnati is in whatever, for whatever reason right now, like um, a, a sort of a darling dark horse favorite answer to that question because they're just so damn exciting. And most of that's because of De La Cruz. But like, I, I don't think that there's another roster and an, or another organization that is better suited to be good for the next five to 10 years than your Baltimore Orioles. I think the closest Which answer is crazy. Yeah, that's a sentence you just said, Smith. That's a sentence that you just said, and we recorded it, so it's gonna it's gonna live. Um, oh God! Just come on, come on, Angelosis. Come well, we on. Got, but I stand behind it. I, I I stand with you behind that sentiment. The I think the only answer for me that would come somewhat close would be Cleveland, because I know mm. Cleveland has underperformed this year, but there's a stupid amount of talent on that yeah. team, and. I don't know why they haven't been able to put it together, although they're now going to be in, going to go into the break in first place um, in the Central and could very well end up being a playoff team. Um, but it, that's another team where, like, there's an insane amount of talent. It's really, really balanced. Everybody's super young, and um, it's anchored by a guy who's really easy to love in Jose Ramirez, um, and they have an amazing manager like... Um, I could, I could see that. Mm -hmm. I think they're close. But to your larger point, it's a short list, man. It is a yeah. short list. Yeah. And like, you know, right now, I think that top to bottom, you know, I think that the Dodgers uh, have a pretty impressive <laughs> team. And I think that the, the Mets and Padres both should have an impressive team, but somehow don't. Um, yep. But yeah, you know, I think that the, like... Yeah, if, if you look at where those teams will be in five years, they will be buying a bunch of new talent because everybody's going to be yeah. out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we should maybe also add the Diamondbacks to this list, come to think of it, because that's another team that has a lot of, like... Kind of have a blind blind spot on there. I have not watched or seen much much over there, but yeah. Well, Seems I, like a I talented mean, I think, team. I think an interesting thing with the Diamondbacks is that they're... 
they were like competitive in the early season. Um, but then they really started to put it together once they, and let me just check this, once they uh, DFA'd um, Madison Bumgarner, who mm-hmm. was such a, like, we do things the old-fashioned way, come hell or high water type of dude. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that correlation is not causation, but it, it does seem like his departure really... Um, opened the door uh, for this, that team to really rise kind of in a similar way that like finally getting out from under the Chris Davis contract was helpful Mm. to us. Um, Kind of in the way that, um, you know, like uh, Atlanta resolving the Freddie Freeman situation um, was helpful to them. I mean, it is interesting. These like, the narratives yeah. that build up around a single player that like once you get past that thing that that casts such a pall it allows you to see how exciting the rest of the the picture is i don't know yeah that discussion to me poses the following question for you to you given that the future feels so bright to us and that mm-hmm. there is so much exciting talent in the Orioles organization how much weight do you put on the next 76 odd games um how much do you feel like the window is uh, about to be jammed wide open so what happens Mm -hmm. this year doesn't matter all that much versus well nothing is certain and we just got career years out of ryan o'hearn and aaron hicks uh Mm -hmm. and that has paved the way for, you know, uh, a bunch of players to, like, get the time they need to get good. And this doesn't necessarily mean that we can count on any of this in the future. And, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what are the Angelos going to do? We need to win right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if the, between those two extremes, where do, you, where do you feel? In this moment, informed by this conversation we've just been having, my feeling is you push hard for the playoffs this year and try to get as far as you can with more or less the existing roster. You Mm. do not, under any circumstances, blow up the future for a short-term rental that maybe gets you, that that you feel like guarantees a World Series berth because nothing guarantees a World Series berth. And listen, we've played competitively against the the only really competitive team in the big leagues this year that we haven't played yet, I think, is Arizona. Although hmm. apparently the Marlins are a competitive team. What? So we see them we, right after the break. We see them right after the break. But everybody else who is in pole position for the playoffs, we've been super competitive against. It's true. Like we've played them already this year. It's not like we've been outclassed by them. We've been competitive against everybody. And I think that will be true against Florida and Arizona also. So by that logic, you know, I, I think a lot of the, the thought process that is like, we need an ace, we need an ace, was predicated on the assumption that we were going to end up in the playoffs against the Mets. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, like against... Uh, some team that had like 
a, a fleet of aces who, or, or the Phillies, say, who had like a fleet of aces who were going to just like mow us down. And those teams might not make the playoffs. Or, yeah. or like, and if Texas makes the playoffs, like it's not going to be with DeGrom. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying we don't do anything, but like at this rate, Jackson Holiday is your starting shortstop next year. <laughs> next year, Smith. You have Where Jackson you Holiday Henderson. These are beautiful questions. These are beautiful questions. And I think we should keep the answers as difficult as possible for as long as we can. I think I'm with you on that. I think don't sell anything too crazy, except I think that Shohei Otani is actually the most exciting thing that's ever happened to baseball. And if we could have him on our team, I think we'd win the World Series. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm totally with you in everything you just said. Yes, yes. I, I, did, look, you see, I get did you see that, that the, um, the um, top uh, war um, statistics for the season so far? Oh, yeah. It's like Otani... And then it's like, well, no, it was Otani, and then it was like three guys, and then it was Otani in June. Like <laughs> Otani's June was like was like top six wins against replacement player. Yeah, which is just absurd. I don't look. I don't want to. I don't want to be like Doctor Downer because Otani is definitely fun to watch, but like. How long is Otani going to be able to keep that? Like, what I don't want is to be the team that lays down $600 million for 10 years of Otani and gets maybe four of those years. I really I, don't want to be sense. that team. That I don't want to be that team. And that's, but, that's what's going to happen. But if you could rent him for 75 games, Sam. <laughs> but don't and, you feel like... Don't you feel like you have to give up Jackson Holiday to get Shohei Otani? Like to get I one don't. of the top three baseball players of all time? Really? I don't. Okay. But I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. But I mean, I, I you know, it, it depends. It really depends on whether the Angels swoon continues, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, um, going back to your earlier question, um, no team I would rather be than the Baltimore Orioles. No team I would want to be less than the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's such a sad, it's such a sad story. It's such a sad story. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Hate to see it. Well, Smith, uh, as usual, I think we have asked a lot of really important questions on the show today. Um, And we'll have to wait until after the All-Star break to see how those questions play out. Uh, But there's one more question that I did want to ask you before we we end the show today. And that question, which as you can see is really pressing and urgent uh, at the forefront of my mind, so much so that um, it's all I can do to um, resist asking it to you straight out, which um, with reluctance, um, I will do now. Um, What do you call... Former Orioles prospect, Henry Yerudia, when he is hitting a game-winning double in the 10th inning against the Minnesota Twins earlier this week. Um, I don't know. <laughs> 
This is that is one of the worst ones ever. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Henry. I, I can't. I can't. I can't make it. I can't make it work. Ramon. It, yeah, you get. You're, you know what I'm trying to do. It's better if we just. Yeah, everybody gets it. Land the plane. Land the plane. Ramon Henry Ramon Uriudius. (laughs) And don't mess up your swing, please, Adley Rutschman. Yeah. Bye bye. Baltimoreans. (laughs) 